0: John chapter 11 we're going to walk with Jesus toward the cross and toward the resurrection it's not long till Easter and so um, there's so much in between now and then that we need to talk about that I'd love to talk about with you I want to I want us to start our our walk in John chapter 11 In John chapter 11 um Verse just bumping verse three. We'll we'll go back and pick it all up, but bump in verse three three, John records, so the sisters, he's talking about Mary and Martha, the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love, the one you love is sick. The sisters were were desperate and they needed help. And so they sent the plea to Christ because they were desperate, right? Justice is the best guy. Justice Mitchell is the best guy that that we could have, that we have within our midst, to do celebrate recovery. Because um, everything that I've ever told any of those guys in the jail, or any of those guys that are struggling with addiction or depression, any of that stuff, what I'm telling them is theory. Because I'm telling them what I believe will work, but I've never been. Where they are, I've never hit the bottom. I've never been addicted to anything. I I haven't been in jail. I haven't been on drugs, man. I'm scared enough to take uh, prescription meds. Can't imagine trying to take something somebody cooked up in some place. It scares me to death. I wouldn't take that stuff. I I don't know what it's like, but he does. And so when he talks to them about that stuff, it's not theory. He knows it experientially. Well, what we're talking about today, I I can speak from experience. I I know what it is to be desperate. I've I've been desperate. I um, some of the most powerful things, really probably the most powerful thing, that you hold in your in your possession to use as a witness tool is, is your story. And, and my story goes something like this. When I was a little kid, my dad was my hero. And until I was 14, he pastored the biggest church that I knew of. I, I thought maybe it was the biggest church in the country. Probably wasn't nearly as big as I thought it was, but it was the biggest uh, associational Baptist church in the, in the town. And, and dad traveled all over the place. And my dad did a lot of great work, did a lot of great work, and God used him. But I remember one Sunday morning uh, when I was 14, my dad got up and he preached his sermon. When he got done with the sermon, uh, he asked everybody to sit down. And then he pulled out a letter and he started reading this letter. And, and I had no idea what in the world he was doing, but he was resigning, he was quitting. Effective immediately, he was done. You know anything was coming on and having any idea we were having any trouble at all. And I remember going to the back of the church and standing with my dad, you know how we always preachers always stand at the back and shake hands. And I remember going to the back and standing next to my dad, and he had his arm around me, and I, and I kept looking up at him and I kept saying, "Dad, where are we going? Where are we going?" And the only thing he would say to me was, "I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later." Where are we going? I'll tell you later. Well, long story short, a lot of stuff was going on. Um, My dad left our home. He left the church. He left the pulpit. He left everything. And I was desperate. That's all I'd ever known. All the security I'd ever known. I remember begging God, and I was essentially saying the same thing that the sisters were saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. Help. Do something. I was desperate. That's why these girls are calling out to Jesus. The sisters' request was because they believed that Jesus loved Lazarus. And they wanted him to do something. Billy Graham said, The will of God will not take you where the grace of God cannot sustain you. Tony Evans said, God will meet you where you are in order to take you where He wants you to go. And then Max Lucado said, faith is not the belief that God will do what you want. It's a belief that God will do what is right. The the sisters, go, go back to... John chapter 11, verse 1. There's a man named Lazarus, and he was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. This Martha, whose brother was now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They sent it because... They knew that Lazarus was loved by Jesus. We've got almost a hundred prayer warriors and they're sending up petitions every day of every week on behalf of our friends and our family members of the sick and the suffering and the lost and the desperate. And we cry out the same thing, right? Lord, the one you love is sick. Why do we cry that out? Well, we cry it out because we have confidence that comes from God's word. Right, Romans chapter eight. Look at what Paul says in verse twenty-six. Eight twenty-six. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. You ever been so desperate that you didn't even know what to say? You just, you just cry out, God, help. We, you, lo- you love us. We don't even cry out, we love you. You love us. We know you love us. Help, right? We're desperate. And the Spirit words the prayers that we cannot even utter. And Paul says in verse 27, He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know, right? We're we're assured. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. We know, we have assurance that God Loves us, and we tenaciously hold on to Romans 8 38 and 39 because we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose, right? We believe that, and that's why we cry out. That's why we were singing that song a minute ago God, we need you. Oh, we need you. We're desperate, we should be desperate. I want, to, I want to encourage you to do something. We And I've already told you, we, we've got about a, a, almost 100 people on our prayer list and they're crying out for people every day. But listen, I don't want you to just cry. I, I don't want us to make our major focus those who are sick. And I'm not trying to de-emphasize praying for healing. But what I'm telling you is there's a, there's a deeper need. There's a forever need. I have a mural on my phone that the little girls, Amy and Alex's girls, put on my phone for me. It's a picture of my six grandkids, and it dawned on me a a couple of days ago. I was looking at that picture and I was praying for my grandkids, and I've only baptized two of those grandkids. I have four grandkids who have not made a profession of faith yet, and they have not followed the Lord in baptism. And I thought, wow, I need to be desperate. I need to be praying for my kids. We need to be praying for the lost. We need to be praying God, right? The one you love needs rescue. They're sick. But here's the problem. God's plans and our plans are seldom on the same timetable. You ever notice that? Look Look down at... John chapter eleven verse four, talking about Jesus. Says when he heard this, Jesus said, "This sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it." And then look what it says. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I love that, that John put that in there because the Scripture says that Mary and Martha said, Jesus, the one you love, we, we believe you love Lazarus, and he's sick. And then John says down here, Jesus loved Mary, and he loved Martha. But he stayed where he was two more days. Well, I thought he loved him. Oh, he did love him. (laughs) That's why he stayed put. Listen, I spent years on my knees all the way through high school and into college at Bog Springs on my face praying for my dad. God, put him back. God, help him. Put him back together together. Restore the marriage. Restore your ministry. Put my dad back. I begged him on my face. And nothing happened. But all the time I thought that nothing was happening, God was working. He was working in my dad's life. He was working in my life. He was working in my mom's life. He was working in my little brother's life. And I would not be sitting here if God had not been working in all those circumstances. Was that what I was praying for? No. All I was praying for was God, the one you love is sick. And He was working and waiting. And now here we are. Why? Because He does Love us, but it's in His time. It's in His time. And they stayed put for two more days. And then He said, let's go back. Now, the problem is that, well, Isaiah states it. Look at Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. verse 8 and 9. Prophet says, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts as the heavens are higher than the earth. Right? As the heavens are are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. How much higher are the heavens than the earth? Well, I Googled that. I Googled that because I I wanted to appear intelligent this morning. I, I was going to come in and tell you how high they are. And you know what Google said? Amazing. That's not the point. It's exactly what it said. The article that I pulled up, it said, that's not the point. The point is not how mathematically... The point is, it's immeasurably, infinitely higher than us. We can't get to God. I can't make sense out of God's time. I can't make sense out of the way He works. He is so much higher, infinitely more intelligent, infinitely more wise than I am than we are and I can't understand it I have to trust it and I have to believe that he loves us and that all he's doing is going to lead to his glory and our good now here's the thing I have lost grandchildren we have church family who have lost children and children who have lost parents we have families who have whose children have passed away in tragic accidents and struggle with terrible diseases and we have people who are in illness and they're struggling with addictions we've got all these problems And everybody in here is wrecked. And we should all be desperate. And what we have to cling to is the fact that Jesus loves us. And Scripture tells us He is for us. And He will not forsake us. And He may not quench the flames you're in, but He will not leave you alone. He will step into the fire. He will step into the fire. We have to hold on to that truth. David, King David, understood desperation. He'd lost children. He'd lost the kingdom. He'd lost his joy. Look what he says in Psalm 56. Psalm 56, verse 3. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? In God, I trust and am not afraid. The one you love is sick. He loves you. Put your trust in him. Romans eight, Romans eight, eighteen. Oh, man, I missed it, boss. I missed it. Look back up to fourteen. Look back up to verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the, what does it say? Children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. (laughs) Oh, man, Brandon has started uh, Emily and Justin's. Littlest has started saying when he gets in a bond, sometimes just in trouble, help me Pops. Emily was trying to change his diaper a little while ago, a couple of days ago. Help me, Pops. You know what that does to me? Do you not believe that the Father loves us infinitely, immeasurably more than we can imagine? And when you cry out in desperation, can you not believe, do you not know? He loves you. (laughs) He's not going to leave you. He may not quench the flames, but He will step into the fire. Now, if we're children, well, look at 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit we're God's children. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. And I consider... That our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Oh man, God loves us, and He is working for His glory and our good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lay down. Don't stop. Step in when the Spirit moves. Listen, I'm so proud. Beta, thank you for coming to the altar when the Spirit moved you. Because there were other people who needed to come to the altar. That's huge. If you're sitting in the congregation and you feel the Spirit move and you think you need to go to the altar, go to the altar. We are not on schedule. I am not that guy. We're on God's timetable. If He needs us here, we're going to be here until He's done. Amen? I, if, if your roast burns, I'm sorry. Does anybody cook roast anymore anyway? Oh, well, my bad, Miss. Sorry, Pat. I hasten to finish. No, in conclusion, you know what that means, don't you? When a Baptist preacher says "in conclusion," nothing doesn't mean it means nothing. Therefore, we do not lose heart. though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary trouble are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen Oh, we do not fix our eyes on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Brother Larry gave me a Greek lesson in between the first and the second service. That word fix, look, it's a Greek word. Skopeo. Skopeo. Grant, what do you think skopeo means? You use it all the time, buddy. It's a scope. Scopeo is a word we get scope from. We take a fine bead, a fine bead, not on what's seen, but what's unseen, because what's seen is merely temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. So why is it that we lean into that so hard? Well, because the One we follow practiced what He preached. Look at John chapter 12. And I won't read the whole thing to you, but John chapter 12 is one of my favorite stories about Jesus. Jesus. He's not far from the cross in John chapter 12. And some Greeks come to Philip and they say, we we would see, Je- we want to see Jesus. And Philip doesn't know what to do with it, so he goes to his brother Andrew. And Philip and Andrew go to Jesus and they say, there's some Greeks out here and they'd like to see you. And, and Jesus in, in verse 23 says, the hours come... The cross hit him like a brick. Right there. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Jesus, desperate. The Son of God, in desperation. Father, I'm troubled. You there? You hurt? You stuck? You broken? Are you desperate? Father, now my soul is troubled. I don't know what to say. Father, save me from this hour. It's what we all cry. Stop the pain. Get me out of here. No, Jesus said, It was for this very reason I came to this hour. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. I don't know how hard it is and I don't know how much it hurts, but God's got a plan. I believe it because He loves us. Jesus believed it because He said, it's for this hour I came, so Father, glorify Your name. And here we are. Here we all are. Broken in pieces and waiting for the next move. But God, whatever it is, just glorify Your name. Because I know You love us. And I know You're working for our good and Your glory. So Father, glorify Your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Man, God, use us. Glorify your name. Wherever we are, whatever struggle or pain we may be in, God loves us and He has a plan. And if you're here and you're desperate, you're in the right place. (laughs) Because help is available and on the way. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe you're here and you never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You need to ask him right now to forgive your sin, you need to recognize it. You cannot save yourself. You cannot attain perfection. And only perfection can enter into heaven. And the only way that we can attain perfection is to have somebody give it to it. We need a substitute. And Jesus is the substitute. He died on the cross, paid for our sin was buried and rose on the third day, and that resurrection was a stamp of approval from God on the sacrifice. And if you'll ask Him into your heart right now, He'll save you. He will adopt you. Cry out in desperation, Father, the one you love is sick. And He'll bring spiritual healing. Maybe you're here and You're sick lots of other ways. Your heart's sick. Your life's sick. Your soul's sick. Your mind is sick. Father, the one you love is sick. He hears you. I promise you, when you think He's not working, oh, He's hard at work. On our behalf, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose. If you need to come for any reason today, baptism, church membership, salvation, now is the time. Father, you love me, and I love you, and I am sick. Help me not do one thing you would not bless. Father, I pray for all those who are here who may be lost and all those around us who may be lost, who are lost. Father, I pray for my grandchildren and their children and their children's children. Father, I know that you love them. And I pray that you come and heal their souls. That your spirit penetrates their hearts and their minds and they follow you with all their lives. I thank you for what you have done. And I praise you for what you will do and what you are doing in us and for us. Forgive us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to come, now's the time.
1: College and people drove for hours to get to that spot, and and that place was breaking out in revival, and and the Holy Spirit was moving. And and I heard somebody say it this morning in in a message, not to diminish what happened there, but we we don't have to drive hours to find a place for revival. The Holy Spirit is here. Put your faith and trust in Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit is within you. And so whatever it is that he's leading you to do, just follow, yield and submit and obey and, and just, see, just see what God can do in your, your heart, in your mind, in your lives. And, and just remember, it's, it's his timing. Just like Rob said, it, he doesn't operate on our schedule, but God is at work. He's at work in each one of us. Even if you're far away, even if you don't know it, to recognize that He's at work. And so I just want to encourage you with that to to follow. And and we want to be a church that encourages you to do that. You don't have to have it figured out. None of us have it figured out, by the way. But we want to help you move in that next step, in that next direction, whatever that might be. You guys can be seated. We'll ask our ushers to come forward, to receive our tithes and our offerings. I've got a couple of announcements I want to pass along to you if I can get my phone out of my pocket. This afternoon at one o'clock at Randy Montgomery's house uh, place, there's going to be a, a bow shoot. And so uh, if you're interested in, in, in shooting and fellowship, the lunch will be provided. If you have any questions about that and how to get involved, Stephen Bonds, he's right up here. Wave your hand, Stephen. Uh, you can talk to him, ask him any questions about that, uh, but that's this afternoon. Uh, we have several mission trips coming up this summer, not just the, the youth, but we've got several groups that are going uh, various places around the US, uh, Belize, the Philippines. Um, maybe may, you may or may not have heard about some of these, these trips, but if you're interested in going, I have a couple things I want to pass along to you. March the 17th is kind of the deadline that we're shooting for, and so if you're interested in joining one of those teams, one of those trips, or want to know more about that, March the 17th is, uh, if you'll just let us know, or talk to me, or any one of our staff, uh, and let us know that you want to get involved, we'll pass information along to you, but that's uh, when we're hoping to have most of our teams uh, formed, Uh, and so we just ask that you guys would pray about going. If you want to know more about the trips without talking to somebody, you can go to 516missions.org. There's some brief information about each one of the trips we're taking. Uh, And if you can't go, uh, we encourage you to uh, be a part of, of sending someone. Uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be able to introduce to you who, who's going on those trips. And so if you want to bless some, somebody specifically, uh, otherwise you can be a part of the fundraisers. I know uh, Aaron and, and the student ministry, they've got their envelopes there at the back. I encourage you to do that. And Michael, if you'll pull up that other graphic, um, this one's uh, passed along to us uh, March the 11th all right this is also a fundraiser you can get your pictures taken if you want to know more about that Maribel is up here she's waving her hand Uh, another great way to uh, support uh, those going on on mission trips there's a crew crew uh, college crew going to Belize Orlando anyway there's there's lots of ways that you can get involved and and support those guys Uh, lastly i want to pass along to you uh, this afternoon at two o'clock we're going to have an orientation and a setup for our vbx uh, that's going on tomorrow night tuesday night and wednesday night from 6 to seven thirty 30 p.m uh, this is a, a, a bible school style ministry uh, and we've designed it specifically for uh, individuals with special needs and so uh, that's coming up we ask you guys to pray about that uh, a lot of you have signed up to help and be a part of that in, in big and small ways, and I'd encourage you, if you still want to, to be a part of that, you don't have to sign up. You can just be here at 2 o'clock. We're going to meet in the fellowship hall, uh, lots of ways behind the scenes and, and up front that uh, we can use as, as many hands on deck as, as would come, and so encourage you to be a part of that. And then that's all of the good news the bad news in all of that is we're also going to need to stack chairs one more time um well and really not one more time but we'll save that bad news for next week anyway uh so we're going to stack chairs as soon as we're finished and we're actually just going to put those on on the ends of the gyms at right ben we'll stack all the chairs uh, and so if you can stay to help with that we would appreciate it but let's pray and we'll collect the offering father we thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here and we're thankful for how you are uh, on the move and, and moving in and through us and i just pray that you would uh, lead us and guide us lord that you would continue to move in our hearts lord that we might experience um, your life transforming love and your grace and so father we thank you for the opportunity to give we pray that uh, you're honored by it lord we remember those that are on our prayer list lord those that need your healing and your strength and your comfort Uh, We pray that you would just pour out your grace, which we know is sufficient, and Lord, we just ask that you would move in each situation as you see fit. And so, Father, we thank you for this time, and we pray all these things in your name.
2: is not just a place, the church is the people. The church is not just a monument, it's a movement. The church is not just a building, it's a body. The church is not just an accessory, it's a necessity. This is the church. The Bible says the church is the hope of the world, the salt of the earth, and the city on a hill. The church is the family of God, the body of Christ, and light in the darkness. The church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. The church is where all kinds of people from all kinds of places come together to forsake their sins and to worship their savior. Where chains are broken and broken hearts are put back together. Where prodigals come home and captives are set free. This is the church. Where blind eyes are opened and good news is preached. Where the low are lifted up and the proud are brought low. Where the lost are found and the helpless find help. Where brothers and sisters can find love and acceptance from each other and from their father in heaven. This is the church. Where the disciples of Jesus are built up in their most holy faith. The church is where the gospel is. The church is where grace is. The church is where God is. The church is you, the church is me, the church is all of us, this is the church.
1: Thank you guys for being with